This podcast has been brought to you by a four-eyed production. And now, let's start the show. You can't expect to be the best, and you can't expect to be the greatest without thinking for one minute that the people out there in the world are not going to try to tear your name down and spread rumors about you, even if it's not true. Some people have their own agenda. They want their own fame. They want their own money. They want attention, and they want to be on television. And it's like when people see mosquitoes. People don't really see mosquitoes as beautiful. When people see mosquitoes, they pop them, and they run away from them. But when people see butterflies, they see that beauty, and they just want to catch it, and they want to look at it. And the same thing with lightning bugs. When people catch lightning bugs, they don't want to hurt the lightning bug. They just want to take its light. They want to take its shine. So just know this. When you become successful, don't let people take your life. Don't let people steal your shine. And don't be afraid to be great. Just know that some things come with it. From the mouths of babes, right? Right. <laughs> babes be knowing. Okay. <laughs> Better listen to the children. The children's. Destiny's children's or other people's children's? Or both? I'm not listening to everybody's children's. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, hey, girl. Hey, girl. Hey. Welcome back. Welcome back. We're here. Hi, guys. I am a girl named Tiffany. And I'm Courtney B. And we want to welcome you back to episode four of the Culture Shock Podcast. Welcome back, y'all. Did y'all miss us? I bet they did. I think they did because I I missed y'all. Right. I missed you and I just saw you yesterday. Yesterday. So I know they missed us because they didn't talk to us since last week. Last week. And thank you all for tuning in and sharing and um, giving us feedback. We appreciate it. Of course. So, how was your weekend? My weekend was busy, but good. Mine too, girl. So we did a lot of things together, right? A lot of things. A lot of good things. Mm-hmm. Saturday, we went to the meeting with Mayor uh, Lyles. Bright and early. Yeah, which that was good. It was good and informative to see things um, from another perspective. Mm-hmm. See situations interpreted totally different than what we would normally view them as so that was good it was eye-opening to say the least exactly I took a lot of good notes I thought a lot of things were interesting people's reactions were interesting Mm -hmm. the commentary from individuals who stood up to ask questions Mm -hmm. was extremely interesting and I look forward to going back and um you know seeing what takes place after a meeting like this it was held at the Ballantyne Breakfast Club and I think they have that meeting once a month it was just that the mayor was invited to speak this time mm-hmm. oh so she won't be there every month no okay gotcha no, no, no. gotcha um but we'll definitely keep up with her itinerary and try to make sure that the community knows when and where she's going to be next mm-hmm. uh, so on the next episode i'll have an update for you guys yeah because it's just important to stay engaged and to not only vote but to follow up with the people that you're putting in office to make sure that they're standing with their word and doing the things that they said they were going to do for the community and just you know to be aware and um up to date and abreast with things that are going on in your community where you live where you pay taxes right where you sleep and rest and your children go to school and what have you so just to keep everybody abreast of that is a is a great thing so thank you tiffany sexual you're welcome being willing to do that speaking of voting (laughs) so after after we left there directly after we left there we went and got something to eat and then we went to the down right Another broken egg. So good. I probably should have given them a shout out, but still. So <laughs> no, good. No, because service was questionable. Right. That's, we ain't going to get on that. The food was excellent, <laughs> per usual. But um, after that, we headed over to First Ward Park in Charlotte for the Women's March on Charlotte, mm-hmm. which was uh, the second one. So second one. Yeah. Last year, did you get a chance to get out there and, and protest? And I did not. Um, 
I did not, but you know, I watched and, you know, I saw a lot of um, commentary about the Women's March and um, some positive, some negative. Um, and so it was good to get out there this time and just to fellowship with all the women and men and children mm -hmm. of all different races and colors and creeds and backgrounds and to, to see all the awesome signage. And uh, I mean, that was... I'm not some were really, was, really good. I mean, that was some of the like best moments. Was we walked the around taking pictures like the whole time. Yes. Yeah. So we didn't have an opportunity to get some signs of our own. Um, I was apprehensive about going last year just because mm -hmm. you know the whole thing with like feminism, white feminism versus was, black feminism, and how you know we're not problem. really spoken for. Um, but after getting out there this year, and I was too busy last year, or I didn't know until the last minute I couldn't get there, and you know I just segued to Charlotte anyway. I was mm -hmm. in that process. But this year, it was fantastic. Um, there weren't a lot of black people out there. I'm hoping next year there will be more black women and men included. But just to see families out there, people with their children, some of my favorite signs, one of my favorite signs, and I think this is one of your favorites too, um, the sign said uh, something like, we've, we've, we're back and, and we we've synced our periods. periods. Yes. <laughs> awesome. That was that was adorable. That was a cute sign. Um, also... If you guys have not watched A Handmaid's Tale <laughs> that was good. on Hulu, please go watch it. Please it's, do. it's very intriguing and it's eye-opening to what can happen if we stay silent right. in you know situations like we're in now. But anyway, it was a sign that said, it showed Donald Trump doing his Trump Googles and he was Googling how to keep pills and abortions away from the handmaidens. I thought that yeah. was hilarious. Um, and another sign that I thought was really cute was it was a little boy and he was being carried by his mom on her back and all his signs said was I love my mama and I thought Aww. that was so sweet like I love my mama and it's just like I'm gonna be out here to support her and all the other women so those were some of my favorite signs that was the that was reminiscent of the one from um, last year in Washington with the little girl who had the scribbles on it that you were talking about yesterday yes. and everybody could feel that it's like girl we don't know what you're <laughs> saying little mama but me too girl me too we agree yes exactly. hold your sign up scribbles and all and then I saw one posted yesterday. I'm not sure what city it was from because, you know, many cities held women's marches mm -hmm. yesterday. Um, but it said, without Hermione, it was a little boy, and it said, without mm -hmm. Hermione, Harry would have died in book one. Mm -hmm. Hashtag girl power. Right. And I thought that was so <laughs> precious as well. Great. I, I just loved it. It was, it, was, it was good, and it was also... Um, I just felt like it was very encouraging to see so many non-black people with black lives matter signs yep. and lgbtq signs. yes um you know just it, it just felt really good to know that we do have allies out there um and not you know everyone is against us even though sometimes it feels that way it does feel that way it was just good to know that everyone has allies somewhere we just have to find them and stand with them and move forward together so exactly. i enjoyed myself it was fun exactly um, and then after that, I went to Black Girls Gather. It was facilitated by the founder and editor for uh, for for Harriet, mm -hmm. Kimberly Foster, and we talked about a plethora of topics. So really, it was just like a Black Girl Roundtable. It felt so good to be in there. They had food. Um, we just had dialogue, and really, you know, towards the end, people had to raise their hands to be heard. But initially, it was you're talking, I'm talking. You know, the girl across the room will add something and. Mm -hmm. So we talked about subjects like 
the Me Too movement and uh, black women's role in politics. So that was spot on because we had just left the Women's March. Mm -hmm. And we talked about conversations surrounding consent, you know, what to tell Mm -hmm. our daughters, what to talk about with our sons, how to prepare them for the world, um, you know, being with them being sexually active and then um, about awkward black girl and whether or not it's, too late to live out your dreams or you feel like it's too late to live out your dreams being a certain age. And so that was really empowering as well. Mm -hmm. Um, Just to be in a room full of black girls of all different ideologies, Mm -hmm. you know, everybody didn't believe the same things. We didn't speak the same way. We didn't dress the same way. And so we were still able to fellowship and take a lot away from conversation with one another. So I really enjoyed that as well. I know that was awesome, just to be in there with all that black girl magic. It was, and I <laughs> wish you had been with me, but next year. Next, next time, year. Next time. Next time. Yeah. So, um, just recapping, feedback, shout-outs. I just want to say this one thing. Okay. It's been bothering me all week, so I'm bothering glad that you. we're Bothering you? We don't want yes. you well, Let me tell you Bored. what happened. Who knew so many of you were Donald Glover fans? <laughs> Because, oh, did no, you get some I feedback swear. about not knowing that no. Donald Glover and Childish Gambino was the I same? I feel like you're rubbing it in right now. Per- that was hilarious, though. <laughs> I mean, because she was requesting that this boy go to Ancestry.com. I did not. 23andMe okay, or whatever the, si- whatever the site. But anyway, tell, tell, me some of the fe- tell me some of the feedback that you got. A lot of people dragged me for not knowing that he and Childish Gambino <laughs> were the same person. I'm not going to call out everybody, but I do have a cousin. A little cousin, she's uh, in school, in college uh, right now. She's going to the Citadel. Her name is Alexis, and she was listening to the show. And when I say she dragged me <laughs> for miles and miles, she kept sending me Snapchats, like, with the seriously face. You know, like, I can't believe you. That like, was the, warranted. I can't believe you're out here embarrassing us like that. <laughs> that was warranted because it took me a minute to realize. And I was like, wait, 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 wait a minute. Like, I have to, I have to get this corrected before you go further into the world not knowing that these this is the same person i'm on it now but i feel like this is going to be a recurring thing and it's always going to come up so i'm (laughs) I'm prepared to eat that um as far as recap from last week we talked a lot about a lot of things we talked about donald trump um we talked about Mm h&m and i saw this week uh and i believe you've seen it too that h&m hired a diversity manager Mm -hmm. ding 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 they had to had to which is something that should have been done a long time you know way before we got to this point but way before especially considering the number of um you know people of color that shop at Mm h&m um the models that they have are not all you know white or you know Mm european-esque um the collaborations that they've had with um beyonce um the weekend which he has you know pulled out of of that um collaboration but it just seems as if you know, you would have someone there that could give some input and shed some light on, you know, the cultural appropriateness of ads and marketing. So, um, although that was a a, um, a bad way to start the year for, mm-hmm. for H&M, it seems as if they're trying to rectify and, you know, have someone there to help them make better decisions moving forward. So well, we're going to see. We're going to see. We're going to see. And, I, and I, I'm still going to hit up the sale rack. Not me. FYI. <laughs> you can have it. You can have at it. I'm cool. I'm cool. Um, okay, so per usual, our good, bad, and indifferent, you get to decide about uh, how you feel about these subjects. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot that happened this week that we'd like to discuss with you. So 
Uh, first of all, I saw the Angela Rose getting a new show on BET. Somebody must be reading. Somebody must be reading my mind because I had mentioned this to you. You did a few weeks ago when um, TV One canceled Roland Martin, exactly. and I said Roland Martin should get a new show on BET mm-hmm. because you know BET doesn't have any new shows. And then I remember when. You know, there was a new show on BET. It was late at night. It was like Tavis Smiley, kind of. Um, I think that's that was the show that came up. But it was really late. And mm-hmm. so I was like, man, they need a new show. So big ups to Angela Rye. Yep. I love her. Um, January the 30th, which I believe is the day after Donald Trump is set to make his uh, State of the Union address. And ironically, Lord they're going to temporarily call it Angela Rye's State of the Union. Mm-hmm. It comes out then. And so she's going to be the executive producer of that as well. And it's going to discuss uh, the lives and stories and stories that affect members of the black community. So good. I'm really looking forward to seeing her on that. I she wonder, is so sassy and beautiful. I wonder if she's going to have her boo on there. Probably not. Well, she should because we want to know. Maybe later on down the line. We want to no, know. You just want to see. I do because I think they are like, even though I loved, I just wanted him and Serena to work it out. No. I, know. I didn't see it. I did not see it. You didn't see it? I love them both, and I still didn't see um, Common and Serena working out. Common and Angela are a better fit. Yeah, absolutely. They well, are. I'm not a fly on the wall, but we'll see. We'll see. They look yeah. good together. I agree. So I can't wait to see that. Me Go, neither. Angela. Um, Speaking of Donald Trump, so there's a government shutdown. There is a government shutdown going on. Um, So if, if you guys aren't aware um the issue that is being negotiated or it was being negotiated before you know rich people decided to shut down the government and still get their pay um they're negotiating <laughs> i mean it's, i see what you did they're, there. they're still getting their pay yes, but you know are. the the other employees in the military and you know government funding such as medicare medicaid not to say that they're not getting funding but you know if you're an elderly person who's not familiar with these things and they say we're going to shut down the government and you're getting government assistance right. can you like imagine the the Fear and the terror that is going on in these people's lives. But anyway, they are um, trying to come to terms about the Dreamer Act, mm-hmm. which is um, an act that protects um, children that were brought here by their parents illegally that have in turn become productive citizens and really don't know anything besides um, uh, living here in America. They're they're really American citizens because right. they were brought here um, to no fault of their own. However. Um, this past week, Chuck Schumer, who is like the, one of the leaders in the democratic party went to Donald Trump and basically offered to put this dumbass wall on the table. Unbelievable. Which I just can't even, Unbelievable. after all that, which I can't even imagine that being okay, but he put it on the table, mm-hmm. um, just to get this dreamer act passed. Um, Donald Trump and the Republicans then went back and said, no, this is still not good enough. Boom, we got a, a government shutdown. So, um, in all actuality, not to say that these dreamers are important, but if you if you think about in terms of numbers at the polls, mm-hmm. um, if these 800,000 individuals are able to stay here, what that will do for the Democratic Party in November and moving forward. So, it's right. not to say that they don't want them here. They don't want them here. No, I'm talking about the Democrats. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Not okay, to say that they you. don't care, but... They they care about the numbers, right? So you know this is just um, a huge inconvenience, and I just remember back in 2013, Donald Trump saying that um, if he was president, you know this would never happen. A government shutdown would never happen, and 
here we are. And it's been exactly one year. So I just think it's very ironic that on the anniversary of your, <laughs> you know, um, one year um, anniversary of your presidency, you're being inaugurated, the government is not even up and running. Exactly. Like, but that's y'all's president. And they love him still. <laughs> so that was, you know, just a tidbit, you know, that I, I feel like everyone should be kind of aware of. Stay abreast of politics. That way, when November comes, we can get out there and vote and potentially help stop these things from happening in the future by getting better leadership in office. Exactly. And Culture Shock is going to help you guys stay abreast of exactly what's going on in this community um, and what the individuals that are running stand for mm-hmm. so that you can make an informed decision. Um, just I feel bad whenever there's any time that there is a government shutdown just because it's what they consider non-essential um, mm-hmm. offices of government that suffer in the long run. Right. Everybody else is still getting paid. It's not right. It's not right. Like you should not be getting paid as well because you're shutting you're shutting the government down. Right. You're the major players in the government. So why should you be getting paid when everyone else or people who are lower on the totem pole than you don't get paid? That is ridiculous. But here we are in Trump land. Trump and his Trumpite. So that was a big thing for me this week is just realizing that we're in a government shutdown. I saw something that said um, basically we don't know why. They don't know why we're panicking because the Simpsons haven't lied yet. I'm talking about that I episode seen that Donald and Trump. he was door not dead in the episode. So I ain't I'm wishing it on nobody. No, but no, no, no. The Simpsons. I was going to say I'm going to leave that where it is. No when. Mm-hmm. The Simpsons be knowing. You know what? I have commentary, <laughs> but I think I should be quiet. If okay. it ever comes up, I will just address it at that time. Okay, moving on. Moving on. Um, so, a topic of discussion for us yesterday in the car was Monique. Auntie Mo. Auntie Momo. Be so, dancing and sweating up a storm. Okay, but she is hilarious. So, I don't know if you guys remember, but Monique was blackballed a while back. You know, there were a bunch of shenanigans, and you guys can go look it up. It's probably... It's definitely still out on the internet when oh, she was giving Lee Daniels, Tyler Perry, and even down to Oprah. She didn't drag Oprah, but, you know, it was kind of, it got a little it, rough. It she was rough. upset. Um, so I believe she was being blackballed on the front end. And of course, after she went off, they really didn't want to have anything to do with her. And I totally get it from both sides. However, Netflix has offered Monique a special for $500,000. They, mm-hmm. they wanted her to do a special for $500,000, and she wanted to counter. Um, and she wanted to counter because she has three other counterparts, two black males and one white female. Amy Schumer was the white female, and she got, I think they paid her, wanted to pay her $11, 11 million. million. Dollars. Mm-hmm. Amy was able to counter. She got $13 million instead for her special on Netflix. And then Chris Rock. Chris Rock and Dave, Dave Chappelle. Chappelle. Um, and I can't remember the numbers on theirs. They received $20 million Okay. For their specials. Now, they there's been <laughs> a lot of commentary behind this already. So, some people are of the mindset that, well, Monique has not been out. She hasn't been doing anything. She should have taken the $500,000 uh, and ran with it. And I... I have mixed emotions about it. Me too. Uh, I, I, more than anything else, I disagree. So while on one hand, I don't believe that she should have gotten exactly what the other people got because, okay, I'm not a huge fan of Amy Schumer. I'm I've not said a this fan before. at all because I've seen a lot of things that she has said mm-hmm. that I feel like are borderline problematic. Yes. Yeah. Not even borderline. They are problem- right. problematic. Right. 
So um, sometimes I think, you know, when you're a comedian, things are a little more malleable. So it, it is what it is at this point. Um, but here's the mistake that Netflix made. Mm-hmm. So Monique tried to counter. She wanted more money. I understand. That's what you're supposed to do. And when she went to counter, they said that, and, and gave viable reasons, they said that, well, we're not going based off of your resume. Fine. But then when she asked why Amy Schumer got so much money, they basically spit out a resume. Mm-hmm. So it's like, but you just told me that that's why I can't get more money. If people want to talk about relevancy, going back to, um, oh, what's his name? Who? I can't get Don Cheadle out of my head. I don't know why. Definitely, not, Don, definitely not the Don. The Don right. is not yeah. a comedian. But, but, I, but, but we he's lo- fantastic. We I love, love the Don. Don Cheadle. Let's <laughs> not say, go there because I'll talk about him for like what 30 are they? minutes. We love the Don. Yes, and we will get there. <laughs> um, but yeah, so when I think about Dave Chappelle, like Dave Chappelle, they were under different circumstances, but they were both sabbaticals. Yeah, okay? they both they both disappeared for a while, but I feel like Dave Chappelle's was more... I wanted to disappear, right. and Monique really didn't have a choice she because she choice. she went apeshit crazy on three of like the biggest, if not the biggest, yeah, you know, black film stars and entertainment stars and people that make things happen on these networks and these movies and, and things. So she kind of brought that on. I'm not gonna say she brought on herself because when you listen to her explain why she did what she did mm-hmm. it makes sense i just like we spoke about last week i feel like her delivery right and delivery means a lot delivery means a lot because my mama always told me you get way more with sugar than you get with shit that's so true. that's a true her statement. delivery was was all the way wrong yeah so even now like i feel like her delivery is a lot better i i almost hate and I, i'm not judging how she chose to deal with it mm-hmm. um, but she immediately came out and called for a boycott on netflix which people aren't quick to do um so many things i feel like whenever you're doing something or you're in a certain profession i think it's the job of your peers to stand up for you Mm -hmm. i think that if amy schumer and if dave chappelle and if chris rock and other comedians came out and they were like hey you know actually this is not right Mm -hmm. no no i don't believe that monique should make 20 million dollars her first time back but i do not believe based on what i feel like Netflix would make off of her I had to think about it overnight but when I was thinking about it before we came on the show today I was just like you know what I would have killed to have seen um Monique come back and do a special because she's funny funny I love her material and and I have not seen her in a long time Mm -hmm. how dare you offer that woman five hundred thousand dollars and I feel like they offered it to her because they thought that she was going to take it because they thought and I'm doing quotation marks in the air that she didn't have a choice because she had been previously blackballed mm-hmm. so on one hand when people are saying just take the money girl and do this work and then see what comes after that like I kind of get it but sometimes like when you know your worth it just doesn't sit well and mm-hmm. it's probably something that she wouldn't have been able to swallow right and I originally made that comment like take it you know, do a really, really good special. We're all going to watch. And then, you know, hopefully you, you know, you get a second one because like we talked about like um, Mike, uh, Mike Epps, he had one. It was hilariously funny. Next thing I know, I'm scrolling on Netflix. He has another one. But once I saw that Wanda Sykes came out Mm -hmm. and said that they offered her a deal for only 
$250,000. And I'm like, wait a minute, Wanda Sykes had a show, even though it got canceled. Right. She had a show and she's been on a lot of movies and shows. She does shows. voiceover work right. all the time. It makes me feel like... People love Wanda is Sykes. This, is this a gender thing and racial thing? Or is it more about relevance, relevancy and, and such? I mean, I just, I don't... I don't know. I think it's a combination of both. I think it's a combination of black women and relevancy. And we feel like this person, you know, this white Amy Schumer can bring in more and she's got movies out and she's, you know, sold out Madison Square Garden. That Uh was something that they kind of quoted. But then that's quoting her resume when they say they don't go on resume. So I just kind of feel like there's a lot of race, gender, yeah, relevancy issues wrapped up in the whole thing. It's a culmination of things. Yes. And and to something that you just said a few moments ago, you know, what Monique probably cannot do, and I understand a bit as a black woman, is go off of the hope that something else will come. A lot of times we're operating off of, okay, what if this is the last opportunity? What if this is the last thing that I get to do? Mm-hmm. She's black. She's a woman. I get it. You know, she's got to go for all that she um, can get. And to know that she and Wanda Sykes as a collective couldn't get a million dollars when Amy Schumer was able to counter and get 13 million. And when the guys were able to get 20 million dollars, come on, Mm -hmm. 20 million dollars, 13 million dollars, 20 million dollars, five hundred thousand dollars, two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Get out of here. I still can't believe Wanda Sykes at two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Right, And she was not blackballed. I mean, white people love Wanda Sykes. Right. I will pull up like her IMDb. Uh-huh. She's you know in what, a lot I, of stuff. But I can't think of any other movie that she was in besides Pootie Tang. She was Ooh, Wanda Sykes? What else was she in, like, movie-wise? Um, what's the little movie with the... Now you put me on the spot. Um, she's in a movie <laughs> with uh, Jennifer Lopez. What's that movie where she was getting ready to get married to your girl's uh, son? Um, Mother-in-Law or Monster-in-Law? Yes, Monster-in-Law. Um... What is, now I'm asking you, the movie... All I remember is Biggie Shorty. Pootie Tang was my movie. Yeah. Sarate on the Renegade. <laughs> <laughs> I know she was in um, Evan Almighty. Do oh, you yeah, remember she was. That? I love Evan. I love Evan Almighty, Bruce Almighty. Yeah. I loved all of those. She those was the, those wasn't she the skunk in uh, Over the Head? Yeah, yeah. And you know um, what? Barnyard. Oh, what Barnyard. is Amy Schumer? Funny. What was Amy Schumer in? What is what is she? What is she? I don't know, and this is not me trying to discredit her. I literally just don't know what she was. I in. don't either. No, I could look it up. No, don't worry about okay. it. She, it ain't that important. The, what's more important is this continued issue of gender and race pay gaps yeah. and not being given our due and given you know given compensation that relates equivalent to our value oh girl okay let me preach on that wait a minute that's a merch idea okay hold that Um, (laughs) hold that though hold that (laughs) but uh and here's the thing if you're trying to pay the woman five hundred thousand dollars because she was black brawl previously and you feel like she should just take whatever number one you're wrong Mm -hmm. that's wrong that's the wrong mentality to have and um, if she's forgiven, like if, if Hollywood is forgiving her, then forgive her. Mm-hmm. But you can't even convince me that that's the case now that Wanda Sykes has said you tried to give her $250,000 and I'm going to get off of it after that. I'm just saying. Drops mic. <laughs> that wasn't my microphone, y'all. <laughs> oh, but um, 
and I promised to wrap it up. But in the light, Tracy Ellis Ross was recently kind of... In the um, same boat. Yes. It, it was similar regarding Blackish. Yeah, with, with Anthony Anderson making more. Yeah. Um, him, he makes, and I guess it's, I would think it's $100,000 per episode. Per episode. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, Anthony makes a hundred k per episode and Tracy is making 85k. Right. And the question therein lies is, is Anthony's salary solely based on the acting or being executive producer, which he is an executive producer of the show. Right. Um, and she's, she's and he's the main character. And he's the main character. And someone else, um, you know, brought to my attention that Anthony Anderson has approximately 90, 91 EP or producing credits yeah. on IMDb as opposed to Tracy's 20-something, which... You know, if this is incorrect, somebody, you know, correct me. Um, But this is what, you know, I I was reading. And another thing that I thought that was very interesting interesting is people were comparing. And now don't get me wrong. Okay. Okay. Everybody knows that Tracy Ellis Ross is my boo. Yes, sir. Everybody knows I love Diana Ross's daughter. Mm -hmm. She is not only, I think a great she just she just is a great image of just being black and just strong and proud she's balanced she's beautiful she's 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 able to be funny and Mm -hmm. silly and goofy and just be her true self i love me some tracy but i did see someone basically post up you know the shows that are on abc because blackish is on abc and they tried to compare ellen pompeo's salary to Tracy Ellis Ross's. And I was like, Don't you do know that. how long Ellen Pompeo been on Grey's Anatomy? You can't. Don't do that. That ain't got nothing to do with, with this. Right, right, Because right. she deserves what she's, Grey's Anatomy has been on for so long and it is so good. And I mean, it got to the point to where my emotions were so torn up. Mm-hmm. I just had to stop watching it. I'm like that too. You know, Shonda does an excellent job and those actors and actresses, especially like, um, McDreamy, <laughs> if you don't watch Grey's Anatomy, you don't know who that is. But right. McDreamy and um, her, they, they they do an excellent job. So we got to think about the shows. And I find that sometimes that we do this a lot with with comparing. Even when it comes to like stuff like the Grammys, mm-hmm. you can't not watch these shows. And then when someone doesn't get X, Y, Z, well, how they get it? I'm well, shaking my head. You don't, Do you, even, know, you don't even know the content right. in which they're judging. Exactly. So that's one thing that we have to be mindful of as a community is to get the facts. That's facts true. matter. So I don't I don't um, agree with that conclusion that just because somebody is white and on the same network making more, that that's a slight to someone that's black. You know, unless right. it's just evident the whole that picture. yeah, right. you got it's the whole picture. you know something crazy going on. So I just had to throw that in there. And here's the thing: they're in renegotiations, or they were in renegotiations for the show. So this is what people do when they're renegotiating. And in her defense, um, I'm not even sure if it's a defense per se, but she said, "I wanted to be compensated in a way that matches my contribution to a show that I love for many reasons, including the opportunity it allows me to reshape what it is." to be a full a fully realized black woman on TV. So something I don't want to do is prejudge the scenario mm-hmm. or try to necessarily put her in the exact same boat as Monique's situation because they are two totally different totally situations different. And, and she said, you know, the initial report, she wishes that the 
reporter would have called her to verify because the words that were used were not her own words. Mm-hmm. So, so I want to put that out there and just say, you know, that's something that I don't um, want us to do. And I just wonder if Anthony Anderson is going to say anything. Right. If it's even necessary. Defense. If it's necessary, I'm sure he will. Right. Well, I can't say what other people will do, but we hope. And he was I looking, love Anthony. He was looking fly on the Image Awards. Well, I, I see. I yes. Him. He looked really nice. I kept saying, oh, my gosh, he looks really nice. That weight loss has done it for him. Nice. He looks really nice. His haircut was nice. He had a little Duke starting five with the and it don't tapered hurt. on the side and a little, you know, kind of dready, mm-hmm. kinky-ish on the top. It, mm-hmm. He looked really nice. Yes. I was digging it. He looked nice. And black don't crack. So. Black do not crack. Speaking of black Thank and God. don't. <laughs> Speaking of black and don't. Black and don't. So today's show. Finally. going to be one of my favorites. <laughs> Uh, black people don't. Black people don't. And so the objective here today is to kind of debunk some of the myths around centered around black culture. Mm-hmm. So this should be fun because there are a lot of things that black people don't do. But we're going to talk about the things. <laughs> that, misconceptions. Exactly. We're going to talk about those misconceptions, things that we actually do that people don't think that we do and why that is. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so, Courtney. First up. Why not? First up, one thing that people think, and everybody is going to agree with this. This is why we might as well go ahead and get it off the list. Okay. Um, They think that we don't swim. Girl. <laughs> or that we don't want to get our hair wet. Right. Which sometimes, so, sometimes we don't want to get our hair wet. Right. But we do swim. We do swim. I have so many thoughts about this. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I mean, I, you know, like, I just remember when it was a time when I was growing up that I went to the swimming pool every single day. Right. You know, my mom taught me how to swim, although I can't swim nowhere near as good as she can. Mm-hmm. Um, but we swam, and it was always a pool full of black people. Right. Like, so I just don't know where this black people don't swim comes from. Uh-huh. Do you know? Do you have any? So I have a couple theories. Okay. First of all, the hair thing is funny to me because in part there is some truth there. But I don't think it's that we don't want to get our hair wet. I think it's not worth the exchange sometimes. Sometimes. So you get in the pool and you swim for, what, 30 minutes, an hour, maybe even two hours if you're hanging out for a really long time. And then look at how long it takes black women to do their hair or how much, you know, we have to pay someone to do it. If you want to go swimming on the weekends and Mm -hmm. you're somebody who doesn't do your own hair, you got to get to the salon. So you can't really go swimming, right? Right. Because you got to wait until... Monday, sometimes Tuesday, because salons are not open on Sundays, and most Mm -hmm. of the time they're not open on on Mondays. Um, It's not as simple as going and washing your hair in the shower unless, you know, at this point you are natural or you're natural and short. Because if you have natural hair and it's long, you still, especially if it's that 4 Right. Right. You really have to go through a process. You have to wash it. You have to condition it, you know. Detangling. Detangle. Exactly. Um, so in essence, we don't want to get our hair wet. We don't. Sometimes <laughs> we don't want to get our hair wet, but we can swim, and I think a lot of it comes from um, the past. And I know on this show, I'm probably going to go back to slavery, um, you know, that institution a whole lot. But the fact that in the past, older people would tell you not to get close to the water. Mm-hmm. Um, generations back, you know, they would tell you don't. Okay, so we were brought here. Over Mm -hmm. a large body of water. Black people drowned Mm -hmm. because they couldn't swim. Um, A lot of times, slave owners would drown you. Yeah. Um, Black people on the way 
to the Americas from Africa if they didn't have enough food to feed you, you know, you would get thrown oh, overboard alive, you know. Have you read the, like, recountings of, you know, you know, slaves that, you know, talked about um, how the sharks would start circling the slave ship? No. Because it would be so many but bodies. I believe that. So many bodies. And also, another thing that I think that a lot of people don't, like, the horrors of slavery and even... Jim Crow South, it's just, it's just unfathomable. Mm-hmm. Like, um, not to get off topic, but me and uh, me and my brother had went. We went to a flea market and they were selling all these old antiques. Mm-hmm. And some of the old antiques, it was like an alligator, mm-hmm. and it had a black baby sitting on the alligator's mouth, wow. like gator bait. Wow. And you know that probably happened, right? So that probably goes into just generational stuff as exactly. black people not wanting to get close to the water. Exactly. But that doesn't mean that we don't know how to swim. And then on top of that, you know, the opportunities. I mean, everybody doesn't have a pool in, in their yard, but out of the people that I knew growing up that had a pool in their backyard, none of us had them. Mm-hmm. Not where I'm from. We, to we had to go to, exactly. We yeah. had to go to the public pool and then there's no real swimming there most of the time because it's packed, right? So everybody's mm-hmm. just kind of standing um, in what maybe two feet of water. I mean, not depth wise, but you know, you can reach out and touch anybody right. on on any side if you you lift your arms up. And so that, and then well, also where I'm from. Sorry, a lot of the black kids know. So I'm from Sanford, North Carolina, and a lot of the mm-hmm. black kids know how to swim. Um, when I was growing up, we had NYSP, the National Youth Sports Program, mm-hmm. and that's where all the black kids went to stay out of their parents' hair during <laughs> the summertime. But we had um, Coach Emerson, who was also a principal at my high school, but Coach E kind of led um, the National Youth Sports Program. And there was a guy who lived, a man, older gentleman, uh, he went by Jap. Mm-hmm. And he literally taught every black child that I know. And my mom says that when she was growing up, he was teaching the kids her age how to swim. Oh, that is so good. And now that I think about it as an adult, I'm like, he probably knew that we needed to know. Right. And so whether it was because you lived in Car Creek, you were from the neighborhood, mm-hmm. or, um, you know, you were at the National Youth Sports Program, he probably knew your mama, your daddy, or your grandparents, and you were going to learn how to swim. And that's who taught me how to swim and a lot of other black kids in my community. So we know how to swim, we and we love the water. It's just about opportunity, and it's about images, too. So people think that we don't swim because they don't see us swimming. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't mean that we can't. That we can't, exactly. So there's that. There's um, that. Had to get that one. That's the, one of the big one of the ones, bigger ones. Um, another one is so we've discussed this before, and I, I won't go into depth, but they think that we don't do therapy. Yeah, um, and we haven't in the past, but it's definitely something that Black people. I listened to some commentary about someone from who's, who was a Katrina survivor, and mm-hmm. there were like a lot of people in um, New Orleans started going to therapy after that because it was socially to. acceptable. Not that they didn't want to go before, mm-hmm. but it was kind of like, okay, you've been through an extreme tragedy when really therapy is not necessarily just for that. No. But um, people think we don't go there and we don't go to the doctor and stuff yes. like that, which is not necessarily true. It's not necessarily true. Um, But I will say that um, I think this is a cultural thing too. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, you know, it's like, oh, you know, you you don't feel good, go to the emergency room. I think it's oh, an educational yeah. thing as to you need a primary 
care doctor. And once we get that established and that trust is built, I think that people have no problem going to the doctor and being seen and getting checked up on. So that is a myth that I feel, you know, has been pushed into society is that we don't go to the doctor at all. Right. So, um, they think that black people don't travel, especially internationally. Mm-hmm. How you feel about that? A lot, because look at the stuff that we see on Instagram, the Travel Noir site. Mm-hmm. That's all it is, is black people traveling. Images. All of, all of my friends travel that, you know, and, and I have someone, you know, a good friend of mine, um, shout out to Marie. She's like my travel inspo. Like, I think that girl has been everywhere. Right. So, people do travel. We like to travel. Um, we're not scared to travel. Right. And I feel like um, it's either they think that we're fearful to travel or that we can't afford to go. Right. One of the two. I, you know what? Or both. And I do believe, like, in the past, and, and even now, it's a financial thing. So some people who are a little bit older will say, you know, they've never been on a plane and they're not interested in getting on anything, you know, that require or going anywhere that requires them to get on a plane. So I get it. But I agree. So you're, you called attention to Instagram, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but it's about imaging. And now I'm sure all of this is going to go back to that because we follow these sites because we're black. Right. But everybody's not seeing these same images because that's not who they're following. Mm-hmm. That's not who they're looking at. And um, I can remember growing up and not going on vacation. Like, we didn't go on vacation because we didn't have the money to. But I think especially black women are mm-hmm. now putting themselves in a position where they do have a little bit more money and they are able to say, okay, what is the trade-off here? Um, life experience is important. You can't really work your whole life away. You know, you I have to get out there and see what else is out there. And this is why travel is important because of experience. Um, going to different countries makes you more socially conscious and it makes you a better world citizen. When you're able to go and see how other people live, how they think, I think sometimes, especially with Americans, black, white, whatever, we think that the world does or should operate the way we operate here. Or that and, it revolves around us. Exactly. And then you go to South, somewhere in Southeast Asia and you see that they don't care about half the stuff that we care mm-hmm. about and they're equally as happy, mm-hmm. you know, in some of these places, then you're like, Oh, I get it. Like, this is what life is about. This is important. So, but black people are out here getting on planes. Going everywhere. They are getting those passport stamps. And um, I can attest to that because I'm one of them. Bloop, bloop. Bloop. (laughs) So, moving on. Is it my turn? Sure. Okay. So, one thing um, that I think um, that other people feel that black people don't do or like or what have you, I feel like they think that black people don't like alternative genres of music um Let's that we don't yes that we don't like country music that we don't like rock and roll that we don't like um pop music and i can um attest to that because there's probably not an alternative song that came out in the late 90s, 90s. early yes. 2000 that i do not know like that was my ish like i love all kinds of music. I love one of my favorite singers, um, and not just, you know, black or R&B, whatever. One of my favorite singers is Celine Dion. Yes, I love too. her. I feel like she can sing a lot of people under the table. Yes. Um, I love Shania Twain. She's mm-hmm. one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Gavin DeGraw is another one of my favorite singers. So I feel like people think that we only listen to one type of music or, you know, when they hear you singing, like, um, who do I like? Red Hot Chili Peppers yes, or Nirvana or things like that. It's They look at you and like, oh, like how do you know that? Yes. You how know. do you know it? Right. Didn't it come on the radio? Didn't right. they sell a CD? Didn't you see the music video? I did too. Isn't it a good song overall? Girl, I was crazy about the Goo Goo Dolls growing up. Go ahead, like, Goo Goo Oh Dolls. my gosh. I would stay up all night trying to wait for the music videos. So, I, you know, I think that's one thing that they feel like we're closed-minded when it comes to our musical um, choices and just to make it personal um when I was in high school I was the only at one point I was the only black cheerleader mm-hmm. on the cheerleading team so you know we go on trips or we go to cheerleading camps or whatever you know I can't just be like only listen to the black station like I had to be able to mesh and, and have that other side to me to be able to function in this other world um and it just kind of helped me because you know i'm a 80s baby so i grew up on mtv so i feel like that helped me in that regard so black people do listen to other types of music we like jazz um classical tiffany plays the violin so you know i mean we like all kinds of stuff and it's funny when i was growing up you know you get the you get flack from both sides, right? So you get it from the black kids who think that you're, you know, doing something that's white, quotation marks in there. And then you get the, <laughs> oh, I, you don't, you don't seem like you play the violin from, mm-hmm. you know, white people. And, um, but we do listen to classical music. Classical is one of my favorites. I know a lot of times I'll turn it on and then people don't want to hear it. And I totally get that. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, I'm not disconnected. We, we are not disconnected from this. There's so many black composers. And, and right. I think now it's cooler. I think um, the turning point, and this, I might be wrong, but the turning point seemed like when it started to be integrated into hip hop, right? Mm-hmm. So there was this one time when Miri Ben Ari, which is the Israeli yes. um young Israeli girl from that was living in New Jersey that was signed with Kanye. I don't even know if she was signed Where that is she time. Now with that curly big I think curly she's still hair. in New Jersey. Okay. But um they put her on Apollo and she did a mix and like ever since then I literally went to school the next day and then like everybody was like, Oh, it's cool. I'm like, y'all been watching me carry around this violin Forever. since I was in grade school, like in, in um elementary school. But, you know, you have your favorite, I always tell people this too, your favorite rapper mm-hmm. loves cl- classical music. And those songs that you love so much, I just laugh I when I sit that. back and listen to them sometimes because I'm like, yo, so many... Listen, I'm going to give you a rundown as soon as we get I, I'm, talk, I'm talking about oh, yeah. our favorite rappers, but if your favorite rapper is Kodak Black or Migos, oh, yeah, you might not you know be what? in this category. My <laughs> so, so, yeah, that's why I'm like, wait, wait, wait. Because I don't think they can even spell classical. Exactly. That was, that was rude. That's not nice. But did you see all the misspelled words? Uh-uh, that he, I don't. Girl, I, I was like, I need an interpreter to even understand what this child is saying. <laughs> it was all said. Anyway, go ahead. I'm going to let you continue. It's okay. But, um... Dang it, Courtney. Talking about the classical music and you playing a violin, girl. You be getting me distracted. I'm sorry. That was one of the words that he misspelled. (laughs) Distracted? Yes. (laughs) Stop. Okay. Yes. Y'all don't want to talk about it. Oh, my God. Okay. So, yeah. But anyway, um, you know, when you think about it, like, a lot of black uh, artists have used samples from classical music. And because you're so ready to whatever, you know, you, you don't even know. Um, but you have your Duke Ellingtons and your Scott mm-hmm. Joplins and your George Walkers, and it's kind of like, you know, black people are doing this, so of course we listen to it. We create it. it that, that's where I was going to go, especially with 
country and the rock and roll, um, obviously hip hop, R&B, all of that came from us. So why would we not, why would we not like those forms of music? Um, but I do, I do find that sometimes um, there's, I have this issue and I know this may be getting a little bit off topic, but I can't stand when people say I'm a music person. But then when I ask you to talk about your favorite musicians or your favorite, that. you know, artists, they all come from one genre of music. Exactly. Not to say that you can't, but are you a music lover or are you just a fan of this genre of music? Which is okay if you are, but exactly. you know, it's hard for me to take your opinion seriously about other types of music as to whether it's good or not. If you don't really listen to this other type of music, you don't have anything to compare it to. So exactly. that's just a pet peeve of mine. Yeah. Bloop, bloop. Moving on. Um, What's next? What What else do people think that we don't do, but we really be doing it? Oh, listen. They think <laughs> that black people don't tip. And it oh gives me so much because I'm just going to go ahead and tell you, whenever I go out with my, um, with a mixed crowd of people, it's, they are less likely to tip. That's the nice way of saying it. Mm-hmm. Then whenever I go out with my b- black friends and a lot of times I feel like we go overboard because of that stereotype. Mm-hmm. So we go overboard to make sure that they understand that, hey, we do tip. We do tip like we have a point to prove when we really don't. But I'm just here to tell you, I have not been out not one time with my friends or family where we didn't leave a tip even if the service was not good. Right. And that's what we kind of, you know, discussed. I will still leave a tip because nowadays, you know, the the ways of the old have some have shifted a little bit and at some establishments, that tip not only goes to the server, it goes into like a house bucket or whatever. And then at the end of the night, those tips are divvied out among everyone that worked that night, you know, right. work the, you know, the, the cooks and the um, dishwashers or, you know, the person who's the hostess or the to go order taker person. That's not correct, but you know what I mean? So I find that I still have to tip. So that way, even though this person may have given me crappy service, if my food was really well, I'm like, well, I'll still leave something, you know, or if, if I feel like, if it gets to the point that I really don't want to leave a tip, that means I need to talk to your manager. Exactly. Like, That's true. Point blank. If it's that bad. But I will say this, and this is um, kind of our subject, and we may need to talk about it on a different show, but I think we should go into the history of tipping um, regarding prohibition and everything, because really we shouldn't have to tip at this point. What we're doing is supplementing the income that the proprietor is not paying mm-hmm. when they can pay it to the individuals, but, um, to the, the servers or the hostess and the cooks and stuff like that. Um, but you know, another topic for another day. Mm -hmm. Well, you know what, maybe when we talk about that, since we're really not even supposed to be tipping, just like we're really not even supposed to be paying taxes. That was a temporary, supposed to be a temporary fix. Oh, you're right. Yeah. It was supposed to be a temporary fix. So we're really not even supposed to be paying taxes. But like you said, that's a conversation for another episode. True. So tipping was mine. What's yours? Okay, so um, my next black people don't um, would be black people don't get married or come from two-parent family homes. You know, I get so They think that we up. all got baby daddies and baby mamas and stuff like that. Exactly. So that's well, another one. Um, And that's a good one. They think that black men aren't faithful, which isn't necessarily true. There are a lot of black power couples out here. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm I trying think, to be one. Uh, you will be one. Let's I, am tr- I am trying to get there. You will get there. Okay, thank you. Listen. Pray my strength. My I'm scruff. praying. <laughs> I'm going to do more than that. Um, 
Um, but so there are definitely different places that this comes from. So the shortage of black men, the and I'm, this is a quotation mark in the air kind of um, episode today. Finger quotes. Because I am doing it. Yes, girl. Okay, a shortage of eligible black men. But then that goes into, you know, a few years ago. And, and not to say it's still happening, but the criminalization of, like, young black men, mm-hmm. you know, when it's already more of us than there are of them. And then when they talk about women, black women, like 70% of black women won't get married. Um, but the that number that they're sad. polling... Nope, because the number that they're polling or the age that they're polling is, and forgive me, but it's like within this 10, 15 year range starting in the 20, in, you, in your 20s. Well, you can get married anytime. Look at Miss Tina. That's I my point. I her best life with uh, Richard Lawson. That's my point. And she's in her 60s. Exactly. Been married twice to twice. black men both times. So my point is, um, as as the age goes up, and that's a whole nother, another conversation because women are um, being asked later in mm-hmm. life. Um, actually, women are asking. So so things to consider are the fact that black women are being asked to uh, marry and declining, maybe because they've been waiting so long to get married. It's kind of right. like, well, why do I need to marry that, you now? That's a good factor because they're just saying that get married, not that exactly. get married and maybe want decide, to or get proposed married. to and say, okay, no, I don't exactly. want to. Yes, Some people just good. don't desire it. Right. And then um, I, I read a statistic that talked about how if you increase the age, so if it's out of the 30s, the percentage goes down. If you get to 40, the percentage goes down. And by some age, it's like 13% of black mm. women will, will not get married. So that's a different conversation than 70%. Exactly. Um, but black people are out here getting married. Black men are out here asking black women to marry them. And it's just, it's a it's a huge misconception. And you know I don't like that. No, and it goes back again to the images. Images. Thank you. Okay. So, what is your next black people don't? Oh, uh, so many. So many things. <laughs> um, they think that we don't take vacation or we don't know how to relax, which is mm-hmm. not necessarily true. In the past, I, I have seen plenty of, especially people, like when I was in my teens or like early 20s, people in their 40s and 50s, especially women who were afraid to take vacation because they were afraid that their job was on the line. Mm-hmm. But they were made to feel that way. Um, so in the past that may have been true, but kind of going along with the whole travel and travel internationally, I just think that people not listen, I know how to kick back, take yes. a nap, put some food yes. on the grill. Look, we're about to do that right now. Mm-hmm. And so, two, you know, like that goes back into the idea that I feel like not to say that these things weren't happening then, but you know, that whole concept of being a strong black woman or being a strong black man that provides and doesn't put their mental health, their emotional health before everybody else. Mm -hmm. I feel like now we're getting away from that where self-care is very important. So if I need to go off, even if a vacation can be you just going to a hotel room for two days by yourself and ordering room service and getting in, you know, getting in the pool and just having you a drink and just being left alone. So I feel like we are, we are at a point to where we know that vacations are important and you know, also that goes back to knowing our worth. And a lot of us, if you're working, you know, a nine to five or you're working for someone else, it's like, look, I mean, 
y'all will be all right until I get back. Work, work this place life balance. Right. This place is not going to shut down just because I'm not here. Exactly. So, because if, if something happened to me today, you guys will go on business as usual right. tomorrow. You're going to find somebody. You're going to send out an email, put up a flyer. Mm-hmm. We miss this person, RIP. Yep. And y'all going to go on about business as usual. Speaking of strength, you mentioned this a few sentences back. They also say that we don't support each other. And that's something I've been uh, discussing with my cousin lately. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. We're out here. Who do you think is supporting black businesses that are staying open? Uh, black people. Like, and in addition to that, like in the actual workplace, they think that, you know, black women are catty. They don't like Can't each other. Along. And I'm sorry. Yes, that may happen sometimes. But as a general rule, what I'm seeing is black women, black men, black people are like, you can do this. How can I help you? Do you need a mentor? Mm-hmm. These things are happening. And again, um, I'm hate to be I don't hate to beat this dead horse but it's all about images it's all about like what you're surrounding yourself with what you choose to see what you choose to lay your eyes on because black people are out here having each other's backs yes we do always I do anyway especially in the workplace exactly. me too there's been several instances um because at my previous job I was um a preceptor um basically for those of you that are not um in healthcare or you know not in the nursing field it's basically like you orient or train people to your department and not to say that I wouldn't do this for anyone but I always made sure that if I was training someone that was of color that I made sure like to give them like the hard honest truth about the particulars of the department what goes on like politics within the department like this is what you need to do this is who you need to look out for Mm -hmm. because we gotta be better we gotta always be at 150 percent so i would always go out of my way to make sure that i did that now if you take my advice or not that's you know that's on you but i always made sure that i supported you know everyone and especially those that look like me i made sure i gave them that support so they felt welcomed and nurtured and you know like a part of the family in my department in the workplace. So exactly. Is it on me? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, one thing that I feel like, um, people think, um, black people don't do is speak proper English <laughs> that we all, you know, uh, talk in Ebonics and that we don't have, um, you know, proper work etiquette and, you know, those types of things when it comes to not being at home with your family and your friends, like it's, it's like they think that we don't take high school English, which sometimes when I hear folks, it's evident that they skipped a few classes, but <laughs> we know how to speak proper English. You know what? It's not it's not a black thing. It sometimes I feel like it's a what do you call it? A class class thing mm-hmm. because it's not with black kids or black people necessarily. Like sometimes depending on what the education is like around that area, mm-hmm. then it's the people that are in that area. But it's funny to me because it's called code switching guys. That's what we do. Yeah. We code switch. We can turn it on and we can turn it off when necessary. And we're doper for it. That's one of our superpowers. Exactly. Code switching is <laughs> yeah. Code lunch. switching is my superpower. Cause I can down. do it in a minute. Okay. All day. Because you mean, call, call that work phone. You ain't going to know who you're talking to. Right. I heard a girl the other day say something about um, being in the workplace, but being able to get into her car and say every word to um, 
Bodak Yellow. Exactly. And everybody in the room burst into laughter because we were all black women. We totally understand. Do you honestly think that I play the violin and, and would go to, you know, all state but still not be able to communicate in my own community. Right. Get and, out. And one thing that I I do this, and, you know, I don't know if you have ever been in this situation, but this right here tickles me, and I do it to non-black people in the workplace all the time. Let them ask me, do me I know how too. to do the nay-nay? I'm going to be like, what is that? Show me. Show, I show, do. Show me how to do it. <laughs> like, so why do you fun. think that I just know how to do all this stuff? No, I'm going to make you feel stupid. What is You show me. What is Y'all, it? No, I ain't never heard of that. Sometimes it'll piss people off, and sometimes it'll make them feel, like, extremely important, and they'll be trying to show you how to do something yeah, that's you, literally from your own culture. You make a fool of yourself. Both are hilarious. Just try it. The next time somebody asks you if you can rap or if you know how to do a certain dance, or if you know what um, a word means, just pretend like you don't and then ask them to, to show you how to do it. Hilarious. I had someone, this is no lie, I had someone at work. We were talking about um, people being bougie, uh-huh. right? So this person was not black and she knew what the word bougie was, that word, that interpretation of the word or that pronunciation of that word. But the word is bourgeoisie. Right, so I said that, you know, I was like, it's just a form of she didn't bourgeoisie. Know what that she said, "What is bourgeoisie? Something out of the Urban Dictionary?" Child, no, that's the actual word. I just would have looked at her. Oh my god, <laughs> I would have. Oh said, my god, I would have said sure. So being able to code switch is a superpower, and so all of my brothers and sisters that do it and do it well, virtual fist bump. Yeah, you don't have to feel bad about that. People growing up, people will make you feel bad about being able to use certain language, but as long as you can communicate, we're chameleons. Mm -hmm. I'm telling you, as long as you can communicate in many circles, you don't have a thing to worry about and don't feel bad about that. Okay. So, so yours? So many. Um, and I know we're not going to be able to get to all of them, but. Are we um, on the last one? Or? No. No? Okay. No, okay. Okay. Because okay. I got like. Oh. Maybe another one. Okay, I know. Um, they uh, they think uh, that we don't adopt, so I know that's not one. really a popular one. But I disagree. What I will say is, a lot of times we don't go through the paperwork. I was discussing this with Ken a little while ago. Um, but from a historical standpoint, going back to slavery, mm -hmm. you know, a lot of times, um, parents would get sold off, children would get sold off. If the parents got sold off, somebody had to take care of the child. They would hand the you know, just give the child to another woman, mm -hmm. another, you know, female caretaker um, on the plantation. And so I feel like that has translated over time, right? Right. Um, we grow up with a lot of extended family. There are people sometimes in your family who aren't really blood related. And you don't know that until you're older, like in mm -hmm. your 20s or 30s. And you start asking questions about lineage. And you realize like, oh, this person has just been around for a long time. They're not actually my aunt or my uncle. Um, even when it comes to actual family, you spend a lot of time sleeping foot to head sometimes with your cousins and they make for great memories. Yes. I always tell the story about how like my grandma Helen, my great grandma used to watch me and my cousin Raquel in the same um, wash tin when we were really, really little. <laughs> yes, wash tin. But it's kind of like, you know, her mama had to drop her off. My mama had mm -hmm. to drop me off. Right. You know, and we stayed with our great grandma and that's just how it was. So a lot of times it's not necessarily via paperwork but it's if you need a place to stay you come mm -hmm. and stay if you need some food and it might turn into hey so-and-so down the street raised jojo yep yep we so. don't we don't do it necessarily um the 
formal way, but you know, you and I had spoke about this, like my dad's parents had 10 kids. Mm-hmm. So you can imagine how many cousins were at my grandma's house. Right. And it was never a, you can't stay or it's not enough room or if it's somebody need to stay for three, four months. Right. That's where you were. Like, you know, it, it's not a, it, it wasn't like, oh, I have to go get papers on you. Like, no, mm-hmm. we take care of our own. And although it may not be as formal as other, you know, cultures do it, we, we do take care of our own and we do adopt other children. We mm-hmm. just sometimes don't do it the way that other people see fit. But right. it's okay as long as the, the kids are getting taken care of and everybody's prospering and safe. Yep. That's what matters. We have a strong sense of family. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that it all boils down to that. Right. Um, something else, <laughs> this one, guy, everybody's going to be able to relate to this. Some of you guys are going to laugh as soon as you hear me say it. So they think that we can't be on time and y'all know what that's <laughs> called. CP time. <laughs> yes. Color people time. Sometimes I'll be on it. Listen. It depends on what's going on in the world. At right. The time. I think a lot of times people, <laughs> black people will, how do I want to say this? So we try to decide the relevance. Um, mm-hmm. If we need to be on time, we will. If we know that the other people aren't going to be on time and we're going to be on time and then we have to sit there for an hour while everybody else gets there, then we're not going to. But what I will say is just being in business meetings over the last few years, just working at different places. I'm not a job hopper. I'm just saying I've had more than one place of employment. Mm-hmm. Um, it's Most of the time, it's not the black people that walk in late. No. So, it, again, it's all about imaging. And I will say this. Um, there are some black people who were taught from the very beginning, don't waste other people's time, which I totally agree with. Um, and then on the flip side of that, you hear people say a lot of times that time as a construct is a Western ideal. Mm -hmm. So when you think about, um, countries that are in the East, Mm -hmm. not just, you know, discussing like countries within Africa, but when we're talking about other places, Everybody doesn't view time the same way. Um, Either even certain religions exactly don't view time. The it's way not linear do. the way that we do it mm-hmm. here, and so I totally get it. That's not an excuse, folks, to show up to um work late. No, okay, because if you got to punch a clock, you I don't want you to there. lose your job. Okay, because <laughs> if you go in there at nine oh one, the clock is gonna say nine oh one. Exactly. Don't come crying to me because I can't pay your bills. But I'm just saying, um, I understand the concept and uh, CP time isn't cp time it's people people are late uh, people are late Mm -hmm. period so there's that okay my turn um another one black people don't um i feel as though people think black people do not respect authority we don't respect disrespect we respect authority but i think that um you know people feel like just because you have a badge or um, because, you know, you may be in a higher position than me. Now, it's not to say that I'm just going to outright disrespect you. Mm-hmm. I'm going to respect you as far as you respect me. Right. So, you know, in order to, to get respect, you have to give respect. And given the history of, you know, um, the interactions between um, especially our community and the police, mm-hmm. it's just hard to have respect for a system or, you know, an organization or someone in a position that, you don't trust. So it's not necessarily that we do not respect authority because, I mean, I'm still scared as hell of my mama. Like, you know, like we respect authority. My mama only had to look and I was a good child. And you can call her and ask her, I'm not making that up. 
but she had a look period right there are people and you know what's crazy um it's more about respect right because i don't need to fear you um my favorite uncle has never like threatened me he's not the spanking type you know but i respected him so much that i didn't want to do anything crazy because Mm -hmm. if you say i'm telling wallace it's a wrap (laughs) i'm in line you hear me so and it's, it's more about respecting authority um, based on mutual respect right, and right. not out of fear. And, that, and when somebody tries to make you fear them, then it's a wrap. Mm-hmm. And just like, you know, growing up, like being in like elementary school or, you know, even middle school or especially those younger grades. I knew that when my teacher told me to do something, you do it. Mm-hmm. Now, if there's a persistent problem or I'm telling her like X, Y, Z is happening and it don't sound right then maybe she would address those things. But if any report came back that said I was talking back or being disrespectful, that was my ass. I knew to respect authority. But at the same time, I was given respect. You know, I was made to feel important. And, you know, I know it's a mutual thing. Like, you have to follow the rules and do as you're told to a certain extent. Unless, you know, you're being told to do something that's wrong. But we do respect authority. But you can't just treat us any kind of way. Have history of, you know abusing us, mistreating us, um, imprisoning us falsely, you know, plant evidence on us, killing us, and then say, oh, you as a community got to respect us. Yeah. No, we don't. All I got to do is stay out of your way and you stay out of mine. Which is something that I heard over this weekend um, at one of the the venues that we were at. Mm -hmm. Very eye-opening. We may have to address that later. We will. (laughs) Um, They also think that black people don't, uh, we don't do winter sports, we don't camp, do equestrian, stuff like that, equestrian, like riding horses, and I just want to let you guys, I love going to the mountains, first of all, in the spring and in the winter. My friends and I love to go skiing, um, waterboarding, like Mm -hmm. all all of those outdoor sports. Uh, We may not have been, I love, listen, I spent the whole summer going over to the mountain to hike, Uh, Mm -hmm. so... Those are all things that we do in the black community. They also think that we don't vote Republican. Yes, and and I, at this last, have y'all not seen instant, Carson? Have you not seen um what is his name Paris Denard? Drives <laughs> 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 me nuts. But um yes, there are a lot of black Republicans, and not to keep going back to blackish, but there was an episode around the time um uh, I guess the last election, and. Um, baby girl Diane was talking to Grandma Jennifer Lewis, uh-huh. and she was basically asking her questions about her voting style. And being an elderly Black Christian, everything she was saying was conservative, right? You know what I mean? So it was just funny. Like, well, are you really a Republican or are right. you a Democrat? So there are a lot of there are a lot of Black Republicans. I mean, Black Democrats. Democrats. Excuse me, with Republican, Republican views. Exactly. That's a whole other conversation for a different day too, because um, Democrats and Republicans, the, the parties, have switched roles mm-hmm. um, over time, and it, that would take a whole conversation to dissect. But but there are some of us who do vote Republican, mm-hmm. and and a lot of people will say <laughs> they do it, you know, for financial reasons or because of you know Republican stances on the military and things of that nature, but. Um, Black conservatism is a thing, so. It is. Yeah, it's a whole thing. Um, What I have is that black people don't save or invest. Ah, so I feel a way about that. I think we do save when we have it to save, but a lot of Mm. black people in the past have had to live check to check. 
they have. And two, when you think about um, just the generational wealth gap, yep. like you said, sometimes, you know, it wasn't feasible for us to save due to being um, not having um, equal pay for equal work, mm -hmm. um, you know, and if you come from a family that owned three or four houses and, you know, you're able to be like, okay, well, I'm going to go stay with, you know, my mama or my auntie who, you know, doesn't have a mortgage and just stack my bread as opposed to someone in our community who may not have that, you know, mama may be in an apartment and y'all having to pay rent, you know, you have to take those things into consideration. But now I think moving forward um, with the whole buy back the block and, you yes. know, the new black wall street and things, I feel That's like investment. we, we are investing. Um, black people are investing into tech. Bitcoin. Yeah, definitely You know, tech. black people are investing into each other. We're, we're saving more. So I feel like that is a misconception that we don't save and we don't invest. And then even thinking back to Black Wall Street, it's just hard to, you know, sometimes come together when there's these documented instances of us building up these communities and then being bombed and burned yes. down and, you know, having to start all over. But so black people instances. do invest and we do save. So right. I think that's a huge, a huge misconception um, about us. Exactly. Um, one other funny one that uh, I feel like you have brought up a little while back was uh, tanning. Okay. Yeah. Because <laughs> I mean, those of you who don't know me or don't follow me, y'all know I'm a little bit on the, on the light side and I have to tan and I remember um, I had a conversation with someone and I was talking about um, going to the beach and I was like I can't wait to lay lay out and get my tan and they were like oh and this was a non-black person they were like you tan <laughs> I said everybody yeah, tan I tan you know purposefully yeah I tan and she was like oh well you're the perfect skin you don't need to get any darker like you're perfect excuse me excuse excuse me man. I mean that's fine I feel like they were trying to give you a compliment but it was backhanded cause like and what if I do get darker um, I'm still gonna be gorgeous girl she told me don't get any darker but this was a non-black person so you know or I've had oh y'all wear sunscreen like ma'am do you think I wanna get, get skin cancer like yes <laughs> like I still have normal skin that needs to be protected from UV rays so I feel like there's a huge misconception that when we go to the beach that we're not laying out to get a tan. We do lay out to get, you know, golden and brown and have that, you know, bronzy summer right, glow. Right. So I feel like that's something that people think that we don't do. And we do tan. We do. Exactly. So <laughs> there is a major one. And um, I don't think I'm going to get dragged for this one, but it's it's probably uh -oh. worth a whole I know, right? I'm always is it drag? Is it trouble. a draggable offense? No. I don't know. I don't. Okay. Well, go ahead. But people spill it, girl. Spill it. who participate or don't participate, you know what I mean. So they think that, and this is on both sides. <clears throat> I'm preparing. Have we talked about this? Because this may be something that yeah, I, okay. I believe we have before. So they think that black people are not atheists. Mm, that's a lie. Right. The devil so, is a lie. <laughs> <laughs> so churches, Christian churches specifically, the oppressor used to, you know, subjugate black people. And many times when black people um, kind of wish to be exploratory mm -hmm. with like their religious beliefs, they're persecuted even by like their own families. Yes, they are. They're persecuted for the desire to, you know, kind of examine or scrutinize. So there are a few reasons for this, albeit um, the fact that religion is a difficult custom to kind of break mm -hmm. 
because religion is a is in part generational. It is. I say that. Um, it's a custom and a framework for how black families have operated for many, many years, mm-hmm. right? And so, I mean, can you imagine choosing a habit that you were taught from birth and being asked to compress that after a lifetime of practice? It's very difficult. Not that it can't be done, um, but to me, it would seem like it's very difficult. But at the same time, there are a lot of black people who are atheists exactly. or don't ascribe to Christianity. You know, there are, you know, a lot of different religions out there. You know, not everyone is a Christian. Not everyone, you know, has to believe in anything you know to be honest like and there are some black people who don't believe in anything they feel they are the masters of their destiny anything that happens to them they made this choice there's no one you know sitting on the throne you know dictating their life or or has their life written down you know like i knew this was going to happen before you were here like they don't believe in that and i feel like a lot of people think that all black people are from the Bible Belt and yeah. we're Bible thumpers and what have you and that's not the case. Right. And the collective will go nuts if someone says like, oh, you shouldn't be, you know, eating dairy or you shouldn't be eating meat at all. Like how much more of a nervous disdain does like our community feel when asked to accept the fact that like somebody from their tribe no longer wishes to believe in the ideology behind a religion that um, has not only been a spiritual home for the collective mm-hmm. but it's been the center for movements like civil rights too right. Right? right so then you have that factor because the black church has been a safe haven for discussion and a place for convalescing mm-hmm. um and so especially like during times of like brutality and right. injustice and so it's less about god and more about god you know mm-hmm. so when a person who is black ventures outside of that scope um, is deemed problematic, mm-hmm. right? But there are many black atheists and agnostics, if you will, some of black people's favorites, even. And um, some of those people are like Langston Hughes, mm-hmm. W.B. Du Bois, um, Whoopi Goldberg, yes. which y'all probably knew that already, um, Tyler the Creator. Girl, I knew that when yeah. I seen him in that video eating them bugs. <laughs> Wait, what? Never mind. Girl. Um, mm. Frederick Doug- Douglass. Did I say Frederick Douglass already? No, you didn't Frederick say Frederick Douglass. Douglass. Um, which that's evident if you read any of his work. And then um, Donald Glover or Childish Gambino, whatever y'all want to call him. So he, he even described himself as an Air Force atheist. So he's like, I, you know, I might pray to God if there are tur- turbulence on that's, the plane. That's one thing that I don't get. What, when people call on God? Yeah. If, I mean, I think it's just a natural habit. I don't... Different conversation for a different day, but... Um, and this is, this is my own opinion. I just... I don't care what anybody believes. Right. I don't care if you're a Christian. I don't care if you're a Scientologist. I don't care if you're a Buddhist, if you um, are a Muslim. The only thing that I... This is... This is just something that I was just raised not to do is to argue about religion or the Bible or right. what have you. Right. So Me too. if you don't believe in XYZ, you don't have to. Right. But what I do I do not like is when someone tries to make other people 
feel less than or stupid or you speak in you speak about someone else's faith in a derogatory way. Exactly. That's the only thing I don't do like. You. Like live however you want, believe. I mean, if you want to worship a teddy bear, that is your choice. <laughs> but don't come over here and try to tell me what I should and shouldn't be doing. Right. Because this is what I choose to do with my life, just like you have the right to do whatever you want to with yours. Right, and it's okay. Dialogue is okay. Um, but, you know, that constant bickering back and forth, it I'm just is a moot point. Um, but a lot of people, a lot, of, especially a lot of young black people, don't care for Christianity because they question the religion because of oppression. So mm-hmm. older people <laughs> used religion to get through oppression, and then younger people are like, this is the religion that the oppressor used to keep you oppressed and, and suffering. And so I put money on the fact that there are, are, are more that um, are unwilling, excuse me, unwilling to be detached culturally because church is like holistically about more than going to a building for an hour mm-hmm. on Sundays for most black people. Um, it's a construct by which families have centered how they operate, right. um, how they restore, you know, how they congregate how they inspire one Connect. another exactly how and they outpour sometimes you just gotta go and just lay all your burdens down at the altar okay sometimes you just gotta cry it out right you gotta cry it out but what people are going to have to accept is that many black people have found other ways to connect spiritually mm-hmm. without following a religious composition if you will right and they're no less principled for it and they're no less black for nope. it either which you and i have discussed because, many times you know just to go into it, I was raised in an Amy Zion church, mm-hmm. very structured. Mm-hmm. You know what you're going to do. You know, it's not like a holiness church. We were just going to be running around screaming. Right. We don't do that. But it took me to branch out and go to a different type of church to really realize and to even not go to church right. to realize what a real connection is with God and, you know, with the Bible and either other, even other religions because a lot of things in the religion of Buddhism, I wholeheartedly believe in those mm-hmm. principles. Right. You know, That's even some of thing. the principles with Islam, mm-hmm. I believe in, and, and I a feel lot like are similar. A, yes, like it, like the golden rule that is evident within the majority of most, um, you know, recognized religions. Right. So I can't sit here and be like, you know, whenever we were growing up, it was either. It's, you're a Christian or you're going to hell. Right. I don't really feel that way anymore. Like there are things about different religions that I ascribe to and I feel like they are true, but that's not to say that I don't believe in Jesus or heaven or hell or any of that type of stuff. It's just, I feel like to be well-rounded spiritually, you need to explore all avenues of your spirituality. Right. So those are my thoughts. I love you. I love the way your brain works. Thank you, girl. You're welcome. (laughs) So, that was good. That was good. I really enjoyed that. We want to know what you guys think. You have some more um, black people don't, Mm -hmm. or you want to debunk some myths about black culture, hit us up. So, Courtney. Yes. What are some things that, or something that inspired you this week, or something you thought was funny? Um, Share, girl. I have something that inspired me. I don't have anything funny this week. Okay. Um... Not that I can share on here because it's... Gotcha. Right. Um, But one thing that I do find inspirational is um, if you guys have been, you know, 
following social media for a while or were into blogs and things like that, um, you may be familiar with Nicole Bitchy's site from back in the day. Yeah. At one point, I think this was when I was back in college, it was like every day I got on Nicole Bitchy's site, I got on Concrete Loop, shout out to Angel Laws, who is a North Carolina native, okay. although Concrete Loop is not up and running anymore. That was one of my favorite sites um, and media takeout. So I got on those three sites Deal. every day and um, a little while ago, maybe a couple years ago, maybe one or two years ago, um, Nicole started to revamp her image and her platform to just, you know, get away from the celebrity gossip and to be more, um, you know, inspirational, um, post things that um, uplift us and, and give out good information and just get away from that whole celebrity, negative, gossipy realm that she was in and so this past week will packer who's like a huge um media mogul actually acquired her site so i'm just interested to see what she does with that because um nicole used to do like blogs about her life and she talked about how she basically hit rock bottom when she started nicole bitchy she was sleeping on somebody's couch she didn't have any money her mom passed away um she was depressed she had no one and she basically just started this site you know on a whim like her last thing she was just like this has to work like I don't really have any other options and just to see that she has finally been recognized and rewarded for good and not celebrity gossip is just very inspirational it just shows you that if you stick with your dreams um you know good things will happen to you even if it's a year from now or five years from now so and that was a huge inspiration to me and follow your intuition because people thought that she was crazy um, you know, for, for trying to, to change that. her image. Yeah. Um, but um, it worked in her favor. She said that she had a hard time trying to convince people that that was, you know, the right move. Mm -hmm. And it's just crazy to me because I think, because I followed her so closely and read those blogs on her personal, well, not blogs, blogs, because she it wasn't videos, mm -hmm. read her blog um, post on her personal page and got a good picture of who she was. Uh -huh. It kind of allowed me to just go with that transition and be like, okay. Because I I kind of had a good idea about the person she was personally right. and knew that she just wasn't this Williams-esque yeah. type of person. You know, she she really had some good, good qualities about her. She started, like, participating in, like, bikini um, fitness contests yeah. and, like, really working out and just, you know, being a more, giving a more well-rounded view of, what it is to be a black businesswoman and, you know, just a black woman in today's um, world. And if you don't know who Will Packer is, he has um, produced films like Straight Outta Compton, Girls Trip, Think Like a Man, and yeah. he's just like a big power player in black media. So big um, shouts out to um, Nicole. Um, XO Nicole was her site now, or Nicole Bitchy. So just, you know, big ups to her. And everybody should, you know, follow her on Twitter, Instagram or what have you, especially if you're a black woman, if you have not already. Love it. Um, I, th I guess one thing that brought me joy this week was snow. So I finally got my winter wonderland. Ugh. Come on. I know no. you're over it and so over am I, it. but I just wanted to see it one time and I got what I was looking for. And so it's here, it's gone. And at least we got a couple days. Well, I got a couple days out of it. 
um, just to be able to work from home. So that was great. I mean, it was pretty or whatever, but I was ready for it to go. And I went out every day. The news was like, if you don't have to go out, stay in the house. And who was on their way to the gym? You. Going two miles an hour. I was like, I am getting out of this house. I worry about you, but you make me proud, though. <laughs> I mean, I made it. That Look, I'm here yes, today. You are. So That's I made true. it safely. Glory to God. <laughs> Amen. Um, so something I don't want you guys to forget, if you're in the Charlotte area on Thursday, this Thursday, which is the 25th, I believe, at 7 p.m. at Reader Memorial Baptist Church, they're going to hold an event. Um, it's called Politics of Black Economics. Mm, um, I would love to see you there if you see me. Um, you know, wave or come talk to me. Let me what know you me? heard it on the show. What you know, Courtney, 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 be there. Courtney, be there. <laughs> um, so Reader Memorial is at uh, 3725 <laughs> You can take from it what you want. Mm -hmm. Choose yourself over your job, mm -hmm. over your family, over your relationship. Choose yourself. Boom. Drops mic. Hold on. Where's, where's my <laughs> we need a drop mic. mic. You need to find a drop mic. <laughs> I like that better. I'm sorry. <laughs> Y'all, I'm dropping a uh, highlighter. <laughs> I like that much better. Mine is use your words. It's healthy. Ooh. Use your words. People aren't mind readers. Use your words. Tell your family how you feel. Tell your partner how you feel. Don't, um, something that we kind of discussed with regards to like consent in the meeting that I was telling you guys about mm -hmm. yesterday. It's kind of like, listen, I don't know what you like if you don't tell me. You don't know what I like if I don't tell you. You don't know you hurt my feelings if I don't tell you. So use your words. It's very healthy. It's very therapeutic. If you have to do it while your voice is shaking, just use your words and tell the truth. That's a good one. I love that. Thank you. So, um, as a call to action this week, something that I noticed yesterday when we were at the Women's March, as much fun as I did have was, number one, there weren't that many black people there, but two, I saw one black man. Now, later, when we cut the corner... Mm -hmm. um, Actually what, started marching. Yes, we started marching, and what we saw was um, the queues were actually posted up on two sides of the street. So it was really adorable because when they saw the guy coming around, who also was a queue because he had on his jacket, mm -hmm. I think he was marching with you know a girlfriend or family member or something like that, they showed him some love. But the fact is, um, a lot of times when we discussed this before, we don't see black men supporting black women in the same way mm -mm. that we support you. And this is not... Um, me trying to, you know, beat you down or anything, but my call to action is I want to see more of that happening. Mm -hmm. And before next week, I'd like to know if you're a black man listening to this show, please let us know how you plan to support black women this year, how you plan to support the black woman or the black women in your life this yes. year. Um, I would love to hear those stories and I would love to share them on this show. Okay. Got it. Thank you. So, um, Guys, if you wanna, if you like what you're hearing from us, and I think you do, because you keep coming back week yeah. after week, uh, we would love it if you would rate us on SoundCloud because we need that to keep going. SoundCloud mm -hmm. and iTunes, please rate us. Please share with your friends and family, and have them rate us too. We want to know if we're doing a good job, and yes. we want other people to know that we're doing a good job. If you think so too, and we love your feedback, absolutely. 
So you can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at the Culture Shock Podcast or Culture Shock Podcast on Twitter. We are Culture underscore Podcast. You can follow us on SoundCloud, which is what we really want. SoundCloud and iTunes. You can listen to us there. And we're always emailable. I know. I know. That's not a word. I just like (laughs) I like saying it. You can email us at blackcultureshockpodcast at gmail.com. Yay. So anything else until next week? No, I'm good. All right. I'm well, Gucci. Courtney be Gucci. You, you be a lot of things. Today. I do. I be everything. Courtney be everything. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I am a girl named Tiffany. And I am Courtney B. And we out, guys. We out.